Welcome back, everybody, to Question the Answer. My name is Christine. And I'm Megan. I always do that. Christine? And you say your full name. I do. Mm -hmm. It's funny. People call me Christina. You call me Chrissy. And I feel like Christine. family calls you Chrissy. Yeah. Except your mom. Uh, actually, my mom and dad called me Christina for... Actually, they still do. Christina. Christina. Yeah. I'm like, why did you just name me Christina? You know? <laughs> Anyway, well, welcome back to Question the Answer. Um, today's topic is, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one because you're going to get two different perspectives today. So um, it's about school curriculum, which I found out this week is spelled C-U-R-R. Please tell I, us what you, how you spell C-I. And I was like, why does it keep getting that red underline? Curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> Curriculum. School. <laughs> um, so it's about school curriculum. And the two different perspectives are, I don't have children in school. So once I don't have children, so that gives me a perspective. But Megan, you have three kiddos in I school. Do. I do. They're still very young. So a lot of this really hasn't affected us too much yet. But what, what do you mean? It's You're already a part of like... I'm a part of what going on in the school district because now we're officially in the district and things like that so you hear a lot more but you know my oldest is first grader so we haven't really been yeah but she's pretty impressionable at in first oh, grade that's why this is so important because they're starting from kids at young ages that have the most impressionable minds and that is the problem it's this whole indoctrination of children and the effects that you're it's like a brainwashing you just keep you start young Years go by, they do this throughout, you know, middle school, high school, and then once they get to college, you have a group of, you know, adults now that, in my opinion, are just completely brainwashed. Yeah, they think a very specific way based off of what they've been fed their whole yes. lives. Um, so, it, Megan's probably going to get very emotional. I'm going to need a pulse check in the middle of During the episode. <laughs> um, we'll I, try and keep it light for her, but yeah, um, big issue and it really kind of started um, in COVID. I, I found it interesting as I was doing research, as I shared with you before we started, this was a little hard for me because I don't, I don't have children in school. Right. I don't have children. I do get a little bit of taste with my nieces and nephews. I, I got to hear a little bit from my sister's perspective. Oh, yeah. Um, but she didn't really get involved in much. And they, once again, it's more of a hockey conversation yeah. than, than anything else. Um, not so much what they're learning in school because they will <laughs> remove them from schools to go play hockey. Hockey's <laughs> life. Which was, a, a, which was a huge savior during COVID for those kiddos. Um, yeah, I think COVID, because look, you know, again, mine are young, but I have, we have cousins with older kids. I have a lot of friends that are, their kids are older than mine. And you... Even when our parents were back in school, even when we were back in school, you send your kids off and you're trusting that they're in the hands of good people, and which I'm not saying, I think there's a lot of great teachers out there, but you're, you're just trusting the school system to take care of your children and teach them, you know, their ABCs, how to read, math, history, and, and they come home and then they go on with their lives. But I think COVID gave a parent, you know, that front row seat of exactly what they were learning and what the curriculum was and what's on the agenda. And it was eye-opening for a lot of people. And, that is, and it's not just, you know, New York. It's 
across the No, US. this is not just a New York problem. This is an everywhere, everywhere problem. So COVID hits and all the kids come home and then they come up with this idea to like, let's put them on screens and teach them from screens. Now, what was interesting as I was reading was moms and dads first kind of got a hint that their voices didn't mean anything when they were like, ah, this learning isn't really working. In fact, right. it's kind of it's not effective. crap. Um, we want the kids to go back to school. And it seemed as though the schools very much, especially the Board of Education, do you know that during, not to get back on COVID, but do you know that they did a study here in New York that showed where the epicenter of COVID was happening? Do you know where, do you know where the most transmit, where, what places had the highest transmission rates? Grocery stores. In <laughs> fact, schools were like 1% of the transmission Yeah, rates. schools were always low. It I, never really affected children on a grand scale, yet they wanted to keep the kids out of school. So I believe that was the first time that you as a mom or, you know, your husband as a dad, where you were like, well, wait a minute, nobody's listening to us. Right. And it, but then you're also like, again, mine are very small. So at the time, you know, it was, it was kindergarten. So what are you really trying to get your kid to do virtually for that? But again, I know a lot of people with older, like, let's read a book. No. Okay. I, rem- <laughs> I remember one time I had to get oh, Tessa told me this. through whatever curriculum, curriculum, um, whatever curriculum she had. and Wasn't she done in like 20 minutes? I literally sat her down and of course I couldn't figure it out. So I was like, Michaela, come get your sister on her class. Like log on, please. Log- I don't know. <laughs> please Turn the log on. your sister on. So she gets her on. And then I'm, I literally go in my bathroom, I do my makeup, and all of a sudden I hear, Chrissy, I'm done, Aunt Chrissy, I'm done. I'm going to go play. I said, oh, you're a genius. I said, no, 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 no. I walked over, and all she did was click, 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 done. I said, all right, well, I guess go play. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I know. I don't know what you learned today, probably nothing, so yeah, go play. Right. Well, what are you supposed to do? If that's what all they gave the kids to do that day... What are you supposed to do? Go write an essay. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. just, in that, and I heard that a lot, especially with, you know, some of my friends that have, you know, older age kids. It's like they would finish in an hour and then they still had the whole rest of the day. And it's a lot of pressure on the parent, too, because you're like, my kid's typically in school for, you know, all day. Eight hours. Eight hours a day. And they're done in one and there's nothing else to do. What, what am I supposed to do with them? Right. But especially if you're a working parent, too. Yeah, because you have to work from home and get your and kid to do whatever hope lesson. Hope your kid passes for, you know, the grades that they're in. And, so, and it was pretty detrimental what's happened to math scores, science yes. scores. I mean, it's being, it's all of, behind. all of that information is, is very much coming out right now. And it's not good. It's not good at all. No. They've lost a lot. Mm-hmm. It's going to take years to recoup those losses. It is. Um, even Fauci said it. Fauci Donut Man said it. Donut man. Yeah, he won't be on any donuts anymore, I don't think. But it's just sad. But again, going back to the curriculum, the parents, you really had to lead your kids through that learning because they're home with you. And there's no teacher there. There's no assistant there. It's on you as the parent. So, yes, you're getting a first-hand view of what exactly they're being taught. And that's when it started. And, you know, during COVID, you had the virtual learning, but we also had a lot of things going on in the country with, you know, the whole George Floyd and 
there was a lot of things that happened in those two years there that was. affected that affected curriculum and and it was like we were taking things that were happening around the world and saying okay well we need to now be teaching these young minds about this it was happening before it that, was though. it That's... was but this all kind of brought it to a boil well yeah because you have you have the classroom in your living room now mm-hmm. so do you have any personal experience where you were like whoa <laughs> i do not what did you what did your teacher you know i do not because okay. again we were kindergarten so it was like draw a snowflake and <laughs> upload your picture with oh, your smiley face. kindergarten was the best the best and it was just like you know write your name it, the, that kind of stuff remember when like life the biggest complication in life was like your your best friend had to be the person that had the same name as you mm-hmm. oh your name is christina it's kind of similar to mine we're gonna be friends yes or if, like, your name was in a story. Oh, my God. You were, like, the coolest kid ever. But, yeah, I don't have any, um, th- thankfully, I don't have any firsthand experiences of that type of thing. I remember my sister had one, and it was just, it was on a social studies lesson. Hmm. Um, but she didn't say much about it. And I do know that somebody complained at the school and then all of a sudden, that lesson kind of went away. So I don't have any of the specific. I just remember one. That's a good point, though, because what you're seeing today, and again, we'll get into all of this, but if the parents who have now been awoken, so to speak, it's like you poked you poked Mama Bear, and now it's it's. Oh, more. is that where you got the yeah. head headline sure for this did. one? Oh, okay, <laughs> I liked it. I just that's okay. the truth. It's where you're like, what are you talking about? Um. Don't, you just don't mess with people's children. You just don't. And it, you're seeing it now. If if you fight hard enough and if you push back, and change can happen. And you're seeing it. It's starting to come. So that's my little soapbox. Well, speech. it's actually part of the Republicans' commitments to America yes. that they're coming out with. And it's about school education now. We'll have to send you the curriculum. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look it up on a website. You don't have to fish for what teachers are going to be teaching. You will be sent the curriculum mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year so that you can review it as the parent. And if you have any objections, that's when you would bring it up. Exactly. Which so, we did. So we got, again, she's first grade. But still, that's an important year. You're doing a lot with reading and writing. And that's truly what the focus is for her that we received. I mean, my question was, was since when do teachers... Since when do teachers have more of an authority figure in a child's life over a parent? Since when did that exactly. thinking become okay? Or you, when did it become okay for teachers to push their own political beliefs onto students? Like, teach, if you're going into teaching, and again, I know a lot of teachers who are wonderful. And I think there's a, a lot of people that go into that field truly wanting to just educate and teach, and that's the goal that's what they want to do but i do think there are also a lot out there that are there to push their own beliefs on students because they think that that's that's what they should be following you know what's interesting is i was doing a lot of research on the teachers that were on social media bleeding all over the place about this issue Mm. and i don't think one of them has children of their own the three that I was looking at that made that made big headlines, not oh, one of yeah. them had their own children. I have some. Actually, it's terrifying, but I have some good uh, TikTok videos for you to watch for of teachers. 
Um, do they have children of their own? There was one woman on there that I believe did. The major- the rest of the other ones I don't think did, but um, just wait till you see it. It's it's like the it, it's eye opening. Well, I don't I don't know how I would see it. I don't have those accounts. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna play for me. I don't have TikTok. TikTok. And we're just gonna watch my reaction live, yeah. live on screen. Yes, perfect. Um, so into the classroom. Okay, so public education. If you're not aware of this. Public education is purely funded by taxpayer dollars, okay? So when you own a home, a certain amount of your taxes go to the school that is in the area or the Mm -hmm. suburb that you live in or the town that you live in. It goes to that public school. So it allows them to build the school, hire the teachers, the administrators, compel student attendance, basically market for the school. Do you see the city of Rochester has commercials now? We do. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great commercial. Too bad the school is shit. (laughs) Um, So basically, taxpayer funds go towards schools. That's how they, that's how, you know, that was my biggest issue with Aquinas. Mm. Was, I believe, not that I I got a great education at Aquinas, um, but I believe that because it was a private school and they couldn't pay their teachers as much as public schools, the teachers we were get were the the new ones, the young, like the 23-year-olds right out of college. So once again, they didn't have a lot of experience in their in their in their medium at that time. They were fresh out of college, kind of testing the waters out with students that are paying top dollar for a top education. That was my one biggest issue with Aquinas. Um, so the education system is a strong ally of the government because obviously we pay taxes to the government, and then the government pushes those taxes to the public school. That's just how it works. So that's interesting because that can kind of intertwine Mm -hmm. government, which has become very divided politically. Now that's being intertwined into just simple education for young children and young adults. I mean, and if you look at it, the government has been so gung-ho about pushing this kind of woke leftist agenda, in my opinion, and you see that coming out into the school systems and what they're trying to put into their education curriculums and all of that. And I, I just don't think it's right. Well, it's not math and science. It's not. It's, it's, it's a very emotional way of teaching. And I broke it down, which we will get to later um, in, the, in the podcast. It's called social emotional mm-hmm. learning. And it's scary. It's really, really scary. So basically... We're, we're just we're just raising a bunch of emotional head cases based off of the curriculum now they're pushing in schools. Um, because you have to understand, emotion is important, but logic is also important. And you can't have one outshadow. They, they should be equal. So on around the time of April 27th and 2021, so now we're into what, the Biden administration? Mm-hmm. All right. Which is having a doozy of a couple years just pissing everybody off. Um, So around April 27th, Department of Education, that was who I was looking for. The Department of Education issued new regulations that state that state every every school in America must incorporate anti-racist practices into teaching and learning. Now, at surface level, that sounds like a really good idea, right? I mean, that sounds like a social studies lesson like you and I growing up. I mean, we went through... 
the slavery and how America treated African Americans. Yes. Um, to me, I which, you, which you should be taught. I mean, that's part you, of our history. That it should absolutely be part of your curriculum, part of your history learning. Of course. I mean, there were a lot of amazing humans that came out of that those yes. movements. I mean, Martin Luther King is one of them. Yes. Harriet Tubman. I mean, there. So that to me, on surface levels, like that's that's a really good thing to do, but. Both public and private schools have become immersed in identity politics. So it's not that we're going to teach anti-racist things. We're going to teach those things through something called identity politics, which is basically you need to identify with this version of politics, this belief system of politics, which obviously, because we are so divided, it's either going to be red or blue. All right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm hmm. All right, so many teachers and school administrators see themselves currently not as educators, but as activists. Absolutely. Eager to pull aside education, throw out traditional curriculums in favor of radical leftist curriculums that teach kids to hate their country and instruct kids to treat each other not as individuals, but as members of an identity group who assign value based on immutable qualities, like color of their skin, gender, sexual orientation. And those things, I feel like, have become the main focus of schools, which is so wrong and mind-blowing to me. I find, I, here, I find this very confusing because here, here's how my mind builds things. We all want to be equal, right? Mm-hmm. We all, we all want to be looked at the same and be treated the same and all the same things are available to this, to every type of person on the planet. Why are we creating more labels? Exactly. That's what doesn't make any sense. So, so if we're, I mean, if we're all equal, why, why do we need these labels of... But now it's got to be, if you don't have a label, you're the minority. If you don't have a label... But the label to me is just you're backing just yourself creating, into a corner. Exactly. But now you're you're pushing things again in these schools, and especially with you know like high school age kids, um, these sort of like ethnic studies. So like you were saying, it's if you're focusing on race, if you're white, you sh it's like you should be ashamed of. How privileged you are. Well, let's not even get, let's not even go there yet. That, that one I do want to address because once again, when you, I'm, I'm more concerned with why we think that more labels is going to make us more equal. No, it's just going to separate us into more boxes. And not only that, it's going to confuse the hell out of people. Like think about if you're a young kid, yeah, right? Really. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you're a young kid and now all of a sudden, you're at school and you're being asked about what pronouns you go by or what you identify as today. And when some kids are probably thinking, well, I'm a girl or I'm a boy. It's like, well, you could be a plant. You could be. That's kind of where it's headed. There's already, be, there's already someone who identifies as a cat. Oh, I know. There's furry clubs. There's furry clubs in schools now. Okay. They're called the fur. I can't. They're called the furries. And, you know, I'm sorry, but this is where I draw the line. It's, it's, I'm, you live your life, okay? Whatever makes you happy, but don't do this in a school. And the fact that schools are allowing kids to come in dressed as animals, and not, not for nothing, but the parent 
is allowing their child to come in dressed as a cat or a dog and wear that all day long and act like that because they identify as an animal. That is n- not okay to me. And well, it's so distracting for other people. But isn't there a deeper issue at play there? If your daughter or son needs to identify as a non-human species, why is that the validation that's needed in that child's life? 100%. In order to function in into society. The deeper issue, in my opinion, is... What tools have you not given your child Mm -hmm. so that they feel good enough about everything that God gave them just as they are that they need to associate with something so bizarre to feel some type of acceptance or or validity? To me, it's like, my guess is it's an absent parent. My guess is it's a parent who probably... I don't it could know. be a I, lot of things. I'm not a parent, so it's very hard for me to judge parents, although I do. But it's, it's once again, it's a perspective I have to be careful with. But to me, it's it's so much deeper than, well, she just wants to be a cat today. So. No, of course it is. It all is. It, it all is. It stems from something. And like you said, it's it's that need of like acceptance or, you know, attention or something. But And I think that all stems, it comes, it starts with the home, whatever is going on in the home. And it's it's sad almost. Well, why are these labels so important to have? Like, like you know, part of something in my corporation. Like, there are some people that like list out their pronouns, and it's yes. I guess to me, it's like you can call me whatever you want. I don't need your validation to know what I am. I don't really get offended by what other people call me or think that I am because I know exactly who I am. I think it's just the you know again if that's how you feel. And that's how you, you know, you, you're Chrissy, you want your pronoun to be he, him, okay, but I'm just going to call you Chrissy. Like, and I feel like it's just giving people more fuel to get offended by something and get angry about something. I feel, I feel like we, we look for things to be offended Everyone by. Everyone loves to be offended and it's like we are in a culture now where it's like you can't say anything or do anything. I mean, comedians can't even be comedians anymore because someone's going to get offended and then they're going to get canceled and it's just like... No one has, I'm not saying everyone's got to have thick skin, but it's like, do we really need to get worked up about every single thing that goes on? And you know what's interesting from someone like me? No, we don't. Of course we don't. I mean, there's so, there's, there's a bigger picture in life. There's lessons in life you're supposed to learn and you're not going to back into learning those through all the labels you give yourself. It's so interesting. Um, And Chrissy's going to lead us through a breathing exercise. And, and meditate. <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst meditator in the world. I'd rather just go do it. I know. I feel like I would just, okay, what am I going to do next? I just think here. the whole time. Like, yeah. I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> so. You said that you know a lot of teachers. I also know a lot of teachers. They come to, they come to yoga. I do. And, you know. There's so many that are so wonderful. They're amazing. And I think, like, when I was younger, I, I wanted to be a teacher. That was what I was going to be. I really? was obsessed. Yes. I didn't know that about you. I played teacher all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. That was your dress. Yes. I was teacher. Like, loved it. Loved it. And then I got older. I worked at a school for, you know, throughout high school and college for, like, 10 years. Um, and then I thought, not for me. Not for me. Really? Yeah. I but didn't I, know that about you. Yeah. So I, I was also around a lot of teachers and who truly were amazing. And the patience... I mean, you're dealing with other people's kids. I could never every do it. day, 
every day, all day, okay? That takes a special person. I mean, I'd rather slam my face against the wall. <laughs> that takes a special person, okay? Because, you know, you could have kids that are well-behaved, great. I mean, but you're always going to have a mix. Well, the behavior issues after COVID oh. have sent, I mean, some of these teachers over the deep end. I believe... If we paid teachers as much yeah. as we paid freaking football players, they yeah, it's a shame that they're paid. That just care. pisses me off. We play the we pay these freaking guys yeah. millions of dollars to go out and play a game. And the people that are responsible for our for future the youth, yes. get paid nothing. Nothing. And I just don't it's, get it. It's it's messed up, and I think it's it's so backwards in our society. And honestly, if they did have higher pay, you'd probably get a lot more people, great people, going into that field. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it is sad. And I, but again, I do think there are a lot teaching who truly care about the well being of children, who truly just want to teach and educate them. Okay, I really do believe that. But. There, you, it's, you just always got to have an eye out because there are a lot, too, that don't have the, the best interest. So, and no, they don't. They have, their, they have their own ego Correct. at the front of their interest. They have mm-hmm. their own best interest. The teachers that really only care about themselves are the ones that are doing this. Yes. And it's funny. There's one teacher I was looking at, and she was going through her classroom, and it was showing all of these political things she had the kids do Mm -hmm. that made her feel good about her cause. And I was like, yo, girl, like, it's not about you. It's about the children and their success, not about your ego. That's somebody that is in the wrong occupation. She's using those children to push herself forward in a cause. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the worst type of person. You're going to use kids? Yes, who are impressionable, who don't know as much as you, and you're with them all day long, every day, pushing that on them. It's not right. So the brainwashing is sickening. What is being shoved down young people's throats is disturbing and confusing. Oh, causing confusion. Depression and anxiety overall, creating a world of pure craziness. There we go. They are pushing things that are making people emotional. Mm-hmm. Emotional. Have you ever dealt with an emotional, irrational person? Uh, yes. You can't get through to them. You can't. If you work in customer service, you know these people. There was this one video that just came out last week. I didn't touch it. We should get um, our, our gentleman to put it in. This woman had an absolute emotional meltdown in the middle of Costco because somebody cut, or because she wasn't allowed to cut. Yes, I saw that breakdown. Screaming at the top of her lungs. Her shopping cart. That is an emotional, irrational person. I don't want an entire country like that. I really don't. You need, you need the guy who stepped back and was like, "Okay, you can just kind of go." If you're like, going to act like that, like the, I, I prefer the logical people that can actually think through problems. Like Mr. Ron DeSantis, who's oh, doing a phenomenal job right now with the hurricane. Amazing. You know, I know, I know someone that lived in Sanibel. I sent her a text yesterday. It didn't even go through. I have a couple friends in Fort Myers. I'm like, they're okay. Right. Thankfully, but I haven't heard from her. Sanibel got it got destroyed. That's scary. 
And all the cell tower, like everything's knocked down. Cell tower, service, internet, all that. Which so I, hopefully, I, I, you know, that breaks my heart because I love that area so Were much. Were you just there not that long ago? Um, last year I was in Sanibel um, with in this Sanibel. with this this woman. Um, I and I want to live there someday. Like that's where I want to live. Oh. Not think it hits by hurricanes, but <laughs> this is the first one that's ever hit that I in know, 60 years. So sad. All right, so CRT. Mm. It's funny you and I both posted a definition i thought google's definition was pretty pretty slap you across the Mm -hmm. face which is kind of surprising yeah critical race theory is a cross-disciplinary examination by so here we go by social and civil rights scholars not academics and activists not academics Mm -hmm. to explore how laws social and political there's the word political movements and media shape and are shaped by social conceptions of race and ethnicity. You don't see people as a color. I, I really don't see pe- I don't see color because I love humans. I think people are so fascinating. Yes. And I think that if you are different than me, you're even more fascinating. And I kind of want to hear. Yeah. I mean, again, I think... But when because there's such a focus now on it, you're teaching kids well, you're that teaching, there's a difference. You're teaching people to be like, oh, wait, you're white, I'm black, so we must be different and we must hate each other. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, I'm going to be uncomfortable. Like, my oldest, she's in first grade, but she's, you know, we're in a school that is very diverse. Very. And she's in classrooms with all different races and never has never asked about it, doesn't think anything of it. She's friends with everybody. And she has some, she has fun and she, she never comes home saying, why is so-and-so like nothing like that. And I am glad about that because we've never been the type to say, well, you know, you're, you're of this color. So you have differences. than so like, we just, we've never, it's just, you're friends with who you're friends with, treat people kindly, everybody, everyone's different. And, and I, I love that. And I think it's great that she's in a room in a, in a school that, does have people of all different races that go there and it's just the norm because once you start calling it out that's when there's problems because we i think we had a good education of what our past looked like and we didn't want to repeat that correct so um once again we were educated on it and i don't think any of us not that i mean agreed with the way that this country kind of grew up and we have a big family and i feel like we've all been kind of the same yeah now, I know that there are places in the world that are not that way, that there is still a big divide. Well, I mean, there's different countries. <laughs> Honestly, since I was a little girl, I've always had this thought. I don't care what you look like. Are you a human? Because someday aliens are going to come <laughs> down. And I'm just going to look. They may have already. We don't know. I'm just <laughs> going to look for a human at that point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to me, it's like when the aliens come down, well, maybe we'll all start getting along about this. I don't know. Or are we all going to be like, take me, please. Take me. I know. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. Like, take me, please. <laughs> <It's> tribute. <laughs> all right. So there's your Google definition. Well, the thing about CRT, again, it's been around for over 40 years, right? It's. What I understand is the core idea is that race is a social construct and that racism is, racism is not merely the product of individual bias or prejudice, but also something embedded in legal systems and policies. So CRT has been around for that long and myself included, I didn't know anything about CRT until 
probably the last year and a half when all this stuff with the schools. Nobody knew it was happening. That's why. And that's the thing. It's like, but why didn't we know? Even in the definition, there's nothing about math, science, art, gym. That there's nothing about what basic academics mm -hmm. are. Listen, when you get into college and you want to study that, sure, yeah, great, go study it. It's your choice. But to teach children who, by the way, just want to play and just want to have fun and 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 pass their test and like move on to the next grade. I mean, are I mean, we serious? they're just concerned about their their next backpack and like the cool yes. character on. You know what I mean? Like for lunch in the cafeteria. Teach it, but let the, let let them get to a young adulthood where they start to have their own individual thoughts. Right. So I I um it's not that I knew so much about CRT, but I did know about Marxism. Um because I've actually done a lot of research on Karl Marx. In fact, one of the podcasts I listened to uh talks about Marxism is oh. a lot. Because it's not a good, it's, it's, it's not good. Right. I thought that was interesting. I read that. You know, it's funny. I actually tried to search for articles leaning the other way. Could you find any? I couldn't find any about like what a great guy he and was. Or, I mean, the only ones I did find was ones that focused on his socialism, like his, his actual concepts um, and, and how, you know, they, they bleed into CRT. That, that was all I could find, but nothing that actually talked about his personal life from a, from a positive point of view. Hmm. Not a very nice guy and, and a very big racist. So some, which is interesting, which, which we've, and we've brought this guy back to life through this teaching of CRT. Yeah. I mean, again, before, probably a couple years ago, I may have heard of CRT, but I really, I just wasn't in it. Like, I didn't pay attention to it, didn't think about it. But now, with the school systems, now that we're in the school district, and you just, obviously, from the news, all of these things were coming to light. It's, it's alarming, and it just makes you feel, as a parent, like, you got to have your eyes on everything involving your child. Everything. And you can't really trust anybody anymore. I mean, like I said, back in the day, I feel like parents would send their kids off to school and you truly did trust that they had their teachers, they were teaching them what they should know, and then they come home and you do the home thing and then they go back to school the next day and they were with them. That's, you handed them off, so to speak. But now, I feel like I can't urge enough. You just have to be involved. You just have to be involved. And I'm not saying every school is that way, but you just never know. You could get one bad teacher that's trying to push this kind of crap. It's all it takes. So let's move on to social emotional learning. And then we're going to get yes, back to I that. Feel like that's more popular. Back to that other, we're going to pop back up to your, your, cause I love this article that you had above it. So are activist teachers using their classrooms, not to teach, but to push politics on young children. CRT is the capstone of CEL, social emotional learning. Even if you got rid of CRT, you still have to tackle SEL. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like is a bigger... Bigger issue. Bigger issue. So social emotional learning equals the reconditioning of children for society. It's borderline abusive, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Behavioral conditioning for the nuclear family and their place in society... And a new direction to brainwash kids to see the world 
through activist eyes. Now, we were talking about activists in the last episode when we were talking about media bias. And activists have a very, very set opinion. Mm -hmm. They were, And I believe the definition was closed-minded. Well, yes, because the, they're pushing for what they truly believe. They're fighting for that cause. And they want others to join them to fight for that cause. Rather than teaching the facts and yeah, letting yeah. the children... Yes. Uh, all right. Another means to present information that has nothing to do with academics. For example, children are being taught to be ashamed of being white. Now, if you're a parent out there, there's some catchphrases to um, notice if your child's being taught S-E-L, basically to be an emotional basket case as they grow up. Um, and a couple of them are teaching your child how to cope with feelings. If that's kind of labeled in your curriculum, that's S-E-L. We have that. That's not a tool a teacher needs to teach, although on some basis they do. But that's not, it, this, you're not sending your kids to school to have therapy lessons Correct. here. It's turning into therapy. Yep. Another SEL catchphrase is, is manage emotions, develop identities. That's another one. Okay. You as the parent need to help your child develop their own identity. That's your job as a parent. And then how to feel and show empathy. That's a big one. Empathy. Got to watch out for that word in the school curriculum. Once again, you're not sending your kid off to school for, for a therapist or to be psychoanalyzed. It's almost like you're, it's, it's almost like we're shifting into your, it's like your children are property of the government and the school and no longer part of this family structure where enrages me and sends me to a different planet when I think about it long enough. Um, none of that should be happening without parental consent. There is a family structure for a reason. Are they all great? No. But these are things that should be coming from parents. I'm sending my kids to school to learn how to read, to learn how to write, to learn about history, to learn about math, basic education. Well, what's interesting is I think this started to kind of bleed through with Common Core. Yes. It was like these extremely weird questions where it's like train A leaves the station at 12 o'clock. Train B leaves the station at 4 o'clock. At what point will they meet in the I middle? Those things. And then the next question is, and what is the conductor's favorite Disney princess? You know, like yes. it was all these weird twists and turns. And two plus two didn't equal four. It could equal six if the child could come up with a good emotional reason as to. It was very strange. I, I found Common Core to be the beginning of this. And people were fighting Common Core sure. pretty badly. Now, what's interesting is I um, I say that so much. It's interesting. You have to, like, I need a buzz collar every time I say that. Okay. I was watching a uh, not a teacher, a mom who started this 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 group in her own area. This was a this was a mom in Texas. She actually wrote down the curriculum from first to fifth grade in her own child's school. So these teachings are always age inappropriate. That's that's number one is. You're teaching something to a child that doesn't understand basic one plus one, doesn't understand, right. um, you know, when the, the the object falls off the table, 
it's still there, you know, like object permanence. So you're, you're teaching children concepts way above their head. Because what the goal is, is to confuse them. Because you want to elicit something emotional inside of the child. So suicide ideation occurs in first to fifth grade in children. That's just a normal thing. When you're in first to fifth grade, that's when you kind of understand. You, you're, you're first kind of introduced like, I'm unhappy. I don't have enough friends. I want to kill myself. You don't understand that that's a that's a real thing that's been studied. You don't understand that when you kill yourself, like it's over. Like they still think it's like a game where you get another life. Your face is crazy right now. I because I feel like that's wild, but think about teaching these kids about suicide at seven years old. So you can and then there's also cannibalism and murder, graphic death, and then you load in anti America. So Here's indoctrination into a dark, hopeless society. This is the curriculum in this woman's school. In first grade, they are teaching about graphic mating and a soft intro into gender fluidity. First grade. How old is that? That's that's my daughter's age. Six. Six? Okay. Wow. Okay. Second grade. In the curriculum, anti-police and anti Fire department. No. Why would you? Why? What? Why? We just want to let the fire burn the building why? down. Why would you be anti fire department? Okay. Third grade, anti church, murder. Fourth grade, rape, adultery, and sculping of human victor. Victims. What is this? This was in her kid's school curriculum. Mm-hmm. She pulled this from the school's curriculum on the website. Are you serious? This was, this was public. I- Sculping of human victims. Okay, kids, and for today's lesson, we're going to turn on the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary. Like, what? Jeffrey But this is things, like, this is common sense. Are we, this is why it's terrifying that you have to even argue about this. This is why people are taking kids out of public schools and either sending them to private or homeschooling. Homeschooling rates are up major right now. And it's for crap like this. Well, I mean. I can't, like, this is where. This is where you have shake in a corner, I think, is your your choice saying. So teachers are taking these dark topics and weaving them into grammar lessons on a day-to-day basis. So we're going to learn about adjectives today, and we're going to read about the Afghanistan woman <laughs> who got murdered for not, you know what I mean? Like, so they're just, they're, they're weaving and these they're phrasing it in like- political, you know, political ideation stories into simple grammar lessons. So the end goal, the end goal is to confuse the child because the topics are way over their head and train what's called an emotional thinker. Everything is very emotional because I'm very confused. So logic and rationale are lost. So when Tessa looked at her teacher, asked to go to the bathroom and the teacher told her to hold on one second. So she decides to take herself to the bathroom, which is a no-no in school. You're not allowed to leave the classroom. And she gets a call home. And my sister says, why did you leave the classroom? And she looked at her mother and says, well, mommy, it was either go to the bathroom on my own and solve the problem or pee my pants and wait for the teacher. That is a logical thinker. Mm-hmm. And good. I mean... It's, it's it's a logical way to think. Solve the problem on my own or pee my pants. Like, what sounds better here? You know, um, uh, so once again, when logic and rationale are lost, you have that people like that woman who lost her 
literally went batshit crazy in the middle of Costco about standing in a line. So, so does this play into the astronomical rates of depression and suicide in young kids today? You, you have to see a correlation to that. If you raise a bunch of emotional thinkers, you teach them about suicide during the time they're questioning their own existence on earth because one little thing goes wrong. They're over emotional about it. And now more kids than ever have all of these issues. And unfortunately, some are actually turning to suicide. And then we wonder. All this, and it all leads up to one thing. It all leads up to one thing, Meg. Because they got to get them nice and emotional when they're younger. So that when they're older, they can be taught what's called action civics. Do you know what that is? How to protest. That's what mm. action civics Oh, they're civics teaching that in schools now. It's how to protest. And it's not how to go out and peacefully no. protest. It's how to burn the buildings down. And who to down. target. Mm-hmm. So it's all leading towards one thing. And you have to, once again, you have to start shaping them from when they're younger. You got to get them nice and emotional. Yeah, there was actually on that group, Project Veritas, who I love, they um, exposed, speaking of the protesting, um, there was a teacher in New York City, surprise, who was encouraging his students to engage in violent protests. And he's on video. And he I have was a encouraging them. Yes, encouraging them. Oh, my God. Um, teaching them. He was caught on video with this and project veritas exposed him and he he did get fired but that's that's what i'm talking about like there's teachers out there that are like are using children are using to children. push their own cause mm-hmm. yeah listen you want a platform to stand on it because you believe in something fine but don't you do it on your own time somebody else and their platform go on one of the 50 social media platforms we have now and do your little rant and same thing in, in California. There was, which again, yeah, New York, California. Uh, this man, Gabriel, Gabriel Guyp, uh, he was fired. Again, it was another Project Veritas footage. Um, he was also on video saying that he had his students pledge allegiance to the Antifa flag that he had hanging in his classroom. And he also stated he wanted to turn his students into revolutionaries. Bought his own stamps with images of Joseph Stalin, Fidel Castro, and Kim Jong-un. Did he stamp the quizzes? Yes. Okay, these are the psychopaths. Could you imagine? That we have walking around in schools. Instead of getting a gold star, yeah, you guys. Spit out Castro. <laughs> Bring that home to mommy and daddy. Like, oh my God. But also the fact that this guy had the Antifa flag hanging in his classroom and, and nobody else in the school was like, mm, that's probably inappropriate. You should take that down. And there's so many other videos, especially like on these TikTok things that I'm going to show you. Of these teachers, their classrooms are filled with political group flags, all of this stuff, all plastered all over the place. Why is that okay? Again, believe whatever you want in, in your own personal life, fine. But do not push that on people on, on kids. Don't. This is why parents need to start speaking up, and I think a lot of them have. Join groups, get involved. In, in your kids' schools because you can make things change. And they are. They're slowly they are. changing. Because the purpose of this curriculum, the purpose of it is to drive a wedge between the child and the parent. And the family. It's like get rid of the nuclear family. Get rid of 
the family structure that we know of it. Because that causes confusion. And when confusion happens... That's going against... People look to the government to help them. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's like Tucker... I, I had a... I'm kind of going back up a little bit, but... Tucker Carlson had a really good segment. It was from 2021, and it was he, it was on uh, the radical lesson plans being taught to mm. America as kids. And he actually referenced a school in Buffalo on there. Um, and basically... They had this whole lesson plan, and the lesson plan was called Do Black Lives Matter in America? And it was explicitly endorsing a political movement, BLM for little kids, hanging, having conversations with children, asking them, what do they think of our society being organized, having an organized society, talking about what do they, what do they think about having this kind of family structure, um, middle school celebrating a Black Lives Matter week of action, Teaching things like George Washington is a fraud. Um, teaching them successful ways this to protest. This was in Buffalo? Mm-hmm. What Teach- school do you know? I don't know the school. I can probably go back to the clip and find it. Um, but again, it was about the piece about protesting and what areas to target. Um, again, they had the whole transgender affirming curriculum. So taking science out of everything. Basically saying that you can you can be anything you want to be. Um, doesn't matter. Anything about biology or science. Um, like men can have babies. Yes. Yes. Minus the okay. uterus and the. Minus the all the fun, parts, Yeah. But doesn't you can matter. Still have a baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then he had a. We'll we'll put the clip up, but he had a picture. Um, it came from a D.C. public school. It was during another Black Lives Matter School Week of action. It was, and I would love to. I gotta find out the age of the child that was asked to draw this. But they had the person draw a picture of a police officer shooting and killing somebody. Um, they asked them to draw? Mm-hmm. Oh. And that's what you're seeing in that image, which we'll put up. And from the looks of it, it was a young kid. Yeah, I mean, that's not it's not the best thing. So, again, it's teaching, like, cops are violent or they only answer, you know, white if a white person calls versus a black person. And again, I, you're just pitting people against each other. You're making them look through this racial lens that doesn't need to be there. And again, I know it's an issue. It's it's always been an issue. But shouldn't we try to be teaching things like being kind to people and being accepting of everybody, focusing on like the positive aspects of that versus this? Well, just changing the hate to another group doesn't work. Right. You know, it's kind but of like student loan forgiveness. It's not mm-hmm. student loan forgiveness. It's student but I feel like we're loan so, transfer. Yeah, we're just so focused, though, on the negativity of everything. I found I just that. Think, I just think we have it so backwards. Um, and I, it's, it's scary times, and it's sad for families, for kids, because they're so influenced by what they're around. And if they're in a public school or any school, really... And that this is all around them. I mean, it's like, what do you expect at the end of the day? You just got to hope you have a strong family base that can help guide them through it. Yeah. Because you can't keep them in a bubble. Yeah, you can't be an absent parent right now. No. You cannot be an absent. Because, you know, the responsibility falls on the parents as well. Of course. You know, and that's what I love about you is is you feel very strongly about this. So you got involved based off of your beliefs as an adult. Yes. Because, like I said, you just got to keep one eye open. And you I, you have to know what's going on. And my children are my children. They are my responsibility. And I, whatever is being said to them, taught to them, 
it's also got to be said to me. Like, that's just how I look at it. Well, at the end of the day, you're responsible for them. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, it. <sighs> this is a tough one. It is tough. This is a tough one. It hits close to home for a lot of people. Um, you know, and there's a lot, once again, it, it's it, you and I, it's uncomfortable for us to talk about. I, I can't imagine being a child and being, and being fed this. No. Not taught this, you're being fed it. Right. Because you're not being, you're not, if you were being taught it, you would be taught to look at all different types of sides, all different types right. of, you know, you, but you're being shown just one version of it, which means you're being fed it. And these children don't understand. They really don't have the mental capacity to understand. And I feel for the teachers, too, who are trying to fight against some of this curriculum and who are just trying mm. to do a good job. Like I do feel for them because it's got to be wild out there for them. So the Cornell, Cornell Ivy League biology professor, that's about an hour and a half away from here, Cornell University. Mm-hmm. This is his quote. Critical race theory, which is based on postmodernist, yeah, Karl Marx, assumption that there is no truth, there's no objective truth. So two plus two doesn't equal four, it equals whatever you want. It's just a no starter for me. You could create any fantasy land you want. It has nothing to do with reality. And frankly, the way it's used, it causes fear and terror in all of the people that are afraid to answer the mantra the way they believe it should be answered. It's t- what he's saying is he's he's been giving these these lessons to teach and it's teaching people to be afraid to not speak their own mind, to suppress their own thoughts. And you know how I feel about that. We're supposed to be training people like biologists that will become doctors to make us healthier. Mechanical engineers that will build bridges or skyscrapers and if they are trained on a foundation that there is no truth nobody wants to be operated on by such a surgeon or drive over a bridge made by such an engineer so that was an interest you're right for someone you're who, right who could potentially be going into surgery i want a doctor <laughs> who, who knows, knows that, that when i cut this bone this happens yes. when i put this screw in this happens that they're not like let's see Let's just test it out. <laughs> you know, we've talked a lot about control in our podcast and how you and I are very opposed to it. Um, when the government has control over your money, meaning pay more taxes, your thoughts, that's your SEL, your political indoctrination, they're going to brainwash you into thinking that this is the only truth. And then your autonomy, which happened during COVID, get a vaccine mm-hmm. or you're a murderer. They can control everything when they have control over those three aspects of your life. I'm going to alert you to China. That is what it's like to live in China. Everything is controlled. Your money, your thoughts, and your body. And you are out of control when it comes to anything to do with your own life. You don't dictate anything. You just do what other people tell you to do all the time. I think that is one of the scariest worlds Absolutely. to live in. That is a, like that's a horror movie in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, teach the kids how to add. Teach the kids how to read. Teach the kids how to draw and hold a pencil or color. This is red. This is blue. Yes. Teach them calculus. Teach them biology. 
let them decide when they get into college if they want to get into any type of civics. Absolutely. That should all be college level. Or phil- philosophical beliefs. Yes. You know, because that's really when they're old enough to make their own decisions. Well, then they've gone through, you know, they've gone through their education up to 12th grade. You're learning, like you said, math, science, whatever, history, all that. And you should have enough tools by then to know what your interests are. Yeah. What you're geared towards or what you're good at or whatever. And, you know, once you get into college, there are so many different types of classes and, and programs you can get involved in. And that's truly, I believe, when they should be doing that. I mean, even the way, if you understand, if you've ever done any research on gangs and how they operate, gangs go out into the streets and they find the young kids. Yeah. The 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds, they find the young kids and they get them into the game and they basically pummel these kids into the gang beliefs. You can take a cult. As another example, it's the same thing. You find them when they're young and you just pummel that belief system into them and they think that there's no other way to live. In fact, trying to get out of a gang is one of the most impossible things in the world. You usually have to relocate. Yeah, are you killed? You're killed. Yeah. I mean, once again, so it's the same concept. You got to get them when they're young you got to pummel the belief system in them then so that by the time they're old enough, they don't have any of their own independent thoughts. They only know what they've been fed. And listen, people are smart. Let them figure it out on their own when they're adults. That's what college is for. Pick what you want to do. And that's what schools and teachers should be there for is to give the kids the tools they need so that they are prepared for life after school, whether that's college or trade school, or whatever it may be. Give them the tools that they need for life to have the education that they need to get into college if they choose to go there. That's what they should be doing. Not pushing any sort of ideologies, beliefs, political movements onto people. It's kids. No, it's selfish. It's selfish. It's selfish. If you want to be a part of something, be a part of it. Don't use children to push that forward. If it's a strong enough movement, and if the message is, is good enough, then you shouldn't have to indoctrinate kids. You right. should be able to go and get enough, own. get enough adults out there to join your cause if it's a good one. This is what I'm gonna. I gotta show you some of these. Videos. Please show me. So which which link am I going? I to? got it up. She does not have children of her own. She, no, she does not. None of these none of these teachers have children. She of does their not, own. and she is teaching um, like a two and three year old class. Okay, just to preface this for you. And she's the one. I mean, she looks like she's 20 years old. She's the one Story that time. haunts my dreams. This has been my first year in preschool with a class of my own, teaching alongside another queer neurodivergent educator. And we have been rocking our twos class. We've been talking about gender and skin color and consent and empathy and our bodies and autonomy. It's been fabulous. But our teaching team is shifting and a new person is being onboarded, someone with many years of experience. So today at the lunch table, when the topic of gender and genitals came up, one of our students plainly looked up and said, well, I'm a girl today, but I know that teacher Ko isn't. No, they're Envy. And the look on the incoming teacher's 
face was priceless. She was shocked in a good way. And she just looked around at the two of us and said, this class is incredible. And I am so impressed. That's to one. I'm sorry. That reaction right there. That is such a selfish reaction. Right. This person is I've used your kid to make me feel better about a decision I've made. I need I need a five-year-old's validation to feel good about myself. That's a scary reaction. The guy before bothered me so much. This is a scare she was fired, obviously. But it doesn't My first problem is I was very confused. I I was very confused on everything she was saying. What is NB? So I oh non-binary yeah okay what um, but yeah what, I think it means you don't identify as male or female rather than truly loving yourself we're just gonna try and label ourselves all these different things but and maybe we'll feel better I cannot handle it she was so happy with herself that's mm-hmm. a sick Person. sick individual I'm gonna use your kids so I can feel good about me yes I don't get that at all no. So it's not even like I can feel good because I have added to this child's success. No, I, I, she was so excited with herself and her own the fact ego. That she's having conversations with these very young children about gender, empathy, body parts, um, consent, I mean, consent. I mean, are like, are you serious? How old do you think she was? Oh, it was her young twenties. F- it was her first year. Yeah, she's got to be young twenties. Yeah, interesting. But and uh, I'll send you the whole clip because there's a bunch of teachers that they leftist teachers of TikTok is what this is called, and it's a bunch of teachers that uh, taught all different ranges of of kids, but basically had the same views. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. So if that doesn't make I just find boil, it incredibly self absorbed. Your job is to make those child children succeed. Your job is not to validate your own life decisions. Right. And I think that's what we as parents have to be careful about It's what goes on in these schools. And I don't, once again, it's not the decision I care about that you've made for yourself. No. I care about the fact that you're using the child to validate your, that you need to feel good about yourself of the, of the life decision, meaning that, meaning something else to me. But exactly. Won't. So I have one. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess the basic point here is like, if you don't protect your children, who will? Okay, you have to. Oh, here we go. Wait, there's a certain time mark. She's another one. Um, God, they've taken such great care of my room. She's commenting on how they've taken good care. This is a wall of like, tell a story from these pictures. By the way, she's showing pictures of protests. Mm. Okay, so she's proud that they left those up. My students with their I am more than. She has an I am more. Students against the camps. Look at this, you guys. I can't wait to be back with them in person soon. Now, what you didn't get to see or what you couldn't hear is she has all of the flags up in her wall. Just like the one you were explaining. I wonder if this is the same person. 
But it's not for the children. It's for her. It's for her. And she, goodbye to you. It's for her. It's not about the children. It's just that I have all these little minions with me now that I can make believe what I need them to believe so I can feel better about my my decisions. Yeah, and then you can go back to your weird old friends and say, you know what I did today, guys? This is what we did. I had everybody feel it. I am more than. Get over yourself. I cannot. What would you put on there? But I'm where? I am more than. Being in this classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. Oh, like, uh-uh. Such, uh, a scary, uh, such a scary subject. It is, but I think there is some light here where, like, take Virginia, for example, which used to be predominantly a blue state. And that's in that Loudoun County where they had... Oh, yeah. Uh, which, you know... Well, what's the, the Loudoun, I mean, we have nine minutes left to go through that Loudoun County story about a dad who, by the way, is still facing these charges. That Which is beyond me. Because because a little boy raped was his 14. daughter, transgender little boy raped his daughter. In the girl's bathroom. In the girl's bathroom. And then the, the, the school board hit it. Hit it. Well, he did this at another school first and then was transferred. To a different school where it happened again. Because they were so busy trying to protect their transgender yeah. policy and he that was allowed boys to and girls can go in the same bathroom. And he was allowed to stay in the district knowing what happened at that first school. I mean, it was sodomy, just so everyone understands. Yes. It's not like he, um, you know, made it to second base. It was full sodomy. That's rape. And it's, the school was like, oh, well, you're transgender, so it's okay. Yeah, they tried to, you know, minimize it, hide it, and then it blew up. And the father of this girl, like, as any father would be. He was labeled a terrorist. Yes, he was labeled a terrorist. Because he got upset at the school board meeting. I mean, if my father didn't get upset at the school board meeting, I'd be really upset with my father. Like, no one, who's going to protect me? This poor little girl. Everyone knows her name. Everyone knows what's happened to her. And this school board did this. They did this. They allowed it. Over a policy. They allowed it. And this, again, we're talking about 14, 15-year-old kids and that were, were and allowed. Rape. And rape. And rape. For a policy that is bogus to me at this point in time at a school. Apparently rape doesn't matter if you're a transgender. I don't know what, what, what has to do with one, what one has to do with the other. They're both, I mean, transgender or not. It still... You still have body parts yes, that can rape. I don't think it matters... What you are, if you're a furry, like, it's it's all the same, okay? Like, let's use our brains for a second. We should dress up as furries next week. Maybe for a Halloween. No. But then we'll be, that'll be offensive. I do. That'll be offensive. Halloween. Um, new Parent Right Act. So, basically, it will restore parental rights in Virginia. Again, this is something that is common sense, but we have to push for these things now. Um, but, basically, it's giving only parents, not the school, not the government, just the parents to make decisions for their children that pertain to the care, custody, and control of their children. So parents need to consent to counseling pertaining to gender. If their child does want to use different pronouns, the parents have to approve, give consent to the schools to use that, and they need to know about it. Um, It gives them consent to what they're being taught, like they want to know the information. So I think... That's a win, especially in Virginia, where obviously all this went down. 
Um, and my point is change can happen, but you have to push for it. You have to fight for it. And there's a lot of these groups popping up, which is nice to see. Because once again, it's my true belief. If you're not going to fight for your children, don't no expect anyone else to. You have to get involved. Yes, there's a lot of groups now. There's like those Moms for Liberty groups. You got involved in, um, you made a big change in your own school district when that district decided to send the poisonous COVID tests home with the mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, like here's, here's the test with poison in it. Give it to the five-year-old. To put in the book bag to bring home. When, you know, I don't, if anyone has a young child, it's just in their DNA to pick apart or take, open up a box, any box. It could be an empty box. It's just, they're going to open it. They're going to get their hands on it. I mean, I don't think I'm the only one that And then that kind fill of it with poison. And then do things with it. Like, again, it's just, they, it's like we lost our brains it, it, we're just going along with what we're being told we're little sheep and oh the government said we got to send these home so we're just going to do it and we have no thought of well wait a second let's pause i mean honestly yeah, Megan, you probably saved someone's life i don't know if i did i i don't think anything really happened from it but i know that my kid wasn't sent home with a test kit anymore yeah and that's that's who i that's my child that's who i'm responsible for that's who i care about if, if it's different for everybody, but you have to speak up and step up for your kids. And I used to not be like, like, you know, I, I used to not be like that. But again, I'm I'm new to all of this, and I'm seeing a lot of things. We were the mama bear who got poked. Yeah, they poked me. They did poke you. Well, and all this stuff pokes me. I think it pokes every parent. It's just, but again, like, there's some good groups coming out there. There are people who truly want to help. And push for what's right for these kids. And I think that's great. There was a documentary that came out last March. Actually, no, this March. It's called Whose Children Are They? Um, It was like, I think it was in our theaters for a limited time, which I'm shocked that it was even allowed in our theaters. New York, I know. But really, it just exposes the hidden agenda in public schools um, and what parents should be aware of. And I think you can now watch it online or download it and watch it. Um, And again, just those groups I was talking about, like the Liberty Group's Um, and there's different chapters now in all these different locations that I think you just, I think if your kid's in a school, you just, you need to be part of some kind of group just to kind of keep a pulse on what's going on. I mean, teach children to be free and independent thinkers that can add, multiply, subtract, because the whole world runs on simple math that can read, that can write. Mm Mm-hmm. That is what school is for, in my opinion. I wish they would actually, instead of adding this crap in, they would teach people how to buy a house. They would teach people how to fill out a check. There are so many more real-life classes that they should put in high schools. That we could help kids with? Oh, I would love that. I mean, hello. Yeah. You know how many times... Actually, Pat knows how to sew, so... (laughs) I think he has to learn when he was in the military. And, like... Any of my kids are like, oh, I, my stuffy got a rip, and I'm like, take it to daddy. And I'm like, oh, I should know how to do this. It's so sad. That is so. <laughs> it's so, so true. Bring cursive writing. I mean, it's just stuff like that. I know. I How how are they going to sign their name? I don't think, I don't know. Everything's going to be digital. That's why. That's true. Yeah, but you still have to know how to sign. Do you? 
I, I thought, I don't know. I mean, I love those things. This is so off topic, but when you're, like, checking out and they make you sign the little screen. But it, I, like, only gives you so much room. My signature looks so sh- my, crappy. My signature it. is not a signature. It's lines. And it's, mine, mine's a C with a line. Mine, mine's just a blurb of lines. And I'm just like, okay. Anyone can take my identity at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. All right. Well, I think we have beaten this pretty much like a dead horse. We have a nice little picture of Beth Dutton, and and it's it's unfortunate that we are clouding their brains with all of these emotional dark issues mm-hmm. that really they don't understand, nor do I think they care about. We're making them care about them, and it's they don't, much. and they're confused, and they're emotional, and they're depressed, and they're anxious. It's not working. So, I mean, we kind of need to... It's good to see all these groups pop up. It's good to see people like you getting involved. Because what we're doing is we're not creating successful human beings to go out into the world. The real world. We're creating emotional bat cases that want to react to everything in a very irrational way. And guess what? If you watched the video from the Costco women, that's not the world you want to live in. Okay? It's that just, is the twilight zone. I mean, that's we like... need, like, that background music. That is, like, waiting for the, the shoe to drop mm-hmm. every every five seconds. Like, how do you get through your day like that? Like, <laughs> that... You can't even go to Costco and get your groceries without having a mental breakdown? <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you on the next episode. Um, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, Once again, hopefully in the next few episodes, we'll have some guests on that we can chit-chat with. Um, But that is all for today. Make it a good one.